Hey, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're praying this message encourages you, grows your faith, and builds your relationship with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Hey, we're in the book of Ruth right now, so you know where to turn. <laughs> you know where to go. Who's, uh, who's been loving this series, actually? Wasn't Pastor Jez so good last week? So great. And uh, there's only two messages that I don't ever want to preach, and that is the week after conference and the week after retreat. And so I, I, I expect that next retreat I'll be getting this gig as well, because, <laughs> yeah, I already got it, already got it. It's in the calendar now, good. No, I love it. It's so good. So good. Uh, and Ruth 3, oh my goodness. Who read it in advance? Who's like, I know where they're going. I'm not going to get clued in. Who, who's like, I should have read it in advance? Yeah, okay. No one's willing to admit to that one. All right. Uh, so good to have you joining us online today as well. We're in a great series called Ruthless. And uh, I just love how Ruth doesn't compromise on anything. She is just so steadfast. She is unwilling to, uh, to, be, to have her integrity compromised, to have her family compromised. And uh, I, just, I just love it. So good. Um, is there anyone in the room who is really good at waiting? <laughs> who loves to wait? Who, like, joins the long queue? <laughs> I've, I've shopped with Pastor Keith overseas. He does not like waiting. He moves, he moves faster than the average, like, cheetah. <laughs> if there's a leopard, Pastor Keith's in front. It's good. Um, you know when you go to the medical center and it's, like, jammed and you're like, oh, no. Or when you go to the ED department, I had to take my son to the ED, like, in June last year. He broke his nose in basketball. Took us eight hours to be seen. It's, like, four in the morning. And they're like, Chapman's? Chapman's, where are you? And I'm like, awaking from my half slumber. Oh my gosh. Or who likes like sitting in a cafe, just drinking your coffee without your phone? Like a psycho. Oh, sorry, I should have said that earlier. (laughs) It's just the weirdest thing. I always try and see how long it's going to take me to pull out my phone. How long can I last? Oh, there it is. Oh, thank goodness. Here it is. Finally, finally. All right, today we're going to explore Ruth chapter 3, and this is fantastic. What, what a chapter. It's like all of your favorite characters get to move forwards, and then there's a cliffhanger at the end. It's so good. It's like your favorite shows. Anyone ever watch Burn Notice? You know, uh, and you'd have or, or that, one of those shows where you, there's a cliffhanger at the end of the episode, and you're like, I've got to just find out. So we're like, what we do is we watch like the first five minutes of the next episode. And oh, good. Now we can go to sleep because our hearts are at rest or whatever. Anyway, so some context. If you're just joining us, if you're watching for the first time, bit of context around Ruth. This is week three of a, of a journey through the book of Ruth. And, and we're looking at how she is ruthless in her faith and her commitment, her loyalty. She doesn't back down. She doesn't compromise. She is steadfast and humble and willing. She's a phenomenal woman. So an Israelite family moves to a place called Moab because there is a famine in the land. Uh, And there's two main women in the storyline, Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And Naomi's husband has died. 
She has two sons who've married Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. I think that's how you pronounce the name. If it's not, too bad. That's what I'm going to say for the rest of the message. Um, after 10 years, those sons also die. And the famine at the same time back in Israel clears up. And so Ruth's like, sorry, Naomi's like, we've got it. I'm, I'm going to go back. Come with me. Let's go. And uh, halfway back, she realizes, oh my goodness, um, you guys can stay because this is your home country, your home territory. I'm going to go back to mine. And Orpah's like, thanks so much. I'm out of here. And Ruth says, no, no, no. You, I'm, I'm going wherever you go, I'm going. Um, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I'm with you. And it's incredible. And last week, Pastor Jez unpacked Ruth chapter 2. And uh, Ruth goes and starts picking up leftovers from a field that's being harvested. Her and Naomi are hungry. They're hungry. They don't have a, a male in the household to support them. They are hungry. They are in fin- what we know now as financial insecurity. In the Victory Center, I deal with people in financial insecurity every single week. Uh, one of my clients, uh, as, as I was meeting with her this week, her partner rang and said, I lost my job. Already like weeks and weeks behind on their rent. And I'm just like, whoa. I ended up getting to pray for her. Like that financial insecurity is very real. And that's exactly what Naomi and Ruth are experiencing. She is picking up the leftovers from behind the harvest. Now she finds favor with Boaz. Absolutely. It's a great story there. Um, He owns the field. And actually he's related to Naomi. It's awesome. He's a special guy. He's what's known as a, a kinsman redeemer, or you might see in your Bible, family redeemer or guardian redeemer. And that's a, a Jewish uh, law principle from Leviticus 5, where someone who is related to you uh, has a legal obligation to redeem you if that you are in serious hardship. So uh, we're going to just dive into the very end of chapter 2, because that's where we kind of find the picture that we're walking into chapter 3 with. All right, so chapter 2, verse 23 says this. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished and she lived with her mother-in-law. Now, my mother-in-law is probably watching this online, so I'm not going to make any jokes. Although living with her, um, anyway, okay, let's let's move on. Um, Cool. Naomi and Ruth need a breakthrough. They're in financial insecurity. They do not have enough to survive. She's gleaning what she can from the harvesters. It's allowed, it's permissible. They're not exactly living their best life. And then something, it gets even worse. You know when it's really, really hard? You know, like life is just like punching you every day. And then all of a sudden something happens and it gets really, really worse. What happened for it to get worse? The harvests finished. Verse 23, until the barley and wheat harvests were finished. No more gleaning, no more income, no more food. It just went from bad to worse. And if, if that's you today and your life has just gone from bad to worse, we've all been there at one stage or another. It's hard. I'm sorry that that's where your life is right now. But the story doesn't end there. Let's read chapter 3. You ready? Because they're in survival mode. 
But that's not where the story ends. Ruth chapter three. We're going to read the whole thing. Oh, everyone just went so excited. This is good. Here we go. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now, Boaz, with, whom, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Verse three, wash, put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Hang on a minute. That's some really good stuff for some single people out there. Take a bath, it says in another verse, in another version. Take a bath, put on some perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Just That's so good, right? Like, look after your body. Smell nice. Flossing is way more important than you think it is. Put on some nice clothes. This also works spiritually. Clean up. Let Jesus wash you clean. Right? Have a nice aroma about you. You want to smell like the presence of God. There needs to be something different about you when you walk into the room, right? And just putting so much cologne on is not going to do the trick, right? Wear your best clothes. You might want to put on kindness. You might want to like be trusting God and not be so desperate and needy. I'm just going to leave it there. We're going to move on. The rest of verse three. All right. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know that you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying and go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say. How good is that? I, I, I wish that my children said that to me. <laughs> Every day, I will do what... I'm just going to start like... Mentally, I don't know. Um, Ruth answered, so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down in the middle of the night. Something startled the man, probably Ruth accidentally tickling his feet in the middle of the night. He's like, "Ah, what the heck is going on? And there was a woman Lying at his feet. I don't think he was expecting that. Like he's, at the, he's in the, the, the threshing floor and like he's just going to bed by himself and just, you know, curled up. And then in the middle of the night, he's like, what are you doing? Anyway, who are you? <laughs> he asked. I am your servant, Ruth. She said another, things that, another thing that my kids should say, I am your servant. And if they could learn to bow, this, this is really good. This is a good verse for them. Okay, she said, spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Mike, drop. She has just laid out in faith her expectations of Boaz. She's like, you are a special guy, you're a guardian redeemer. I'm expecting that you're gonna redeem our family. That's a lot of legal ramifications. There's a lot of commitment that goes in that. If this guy is as honorable and as good as, as, as he says he is and she thinks he is, this could go really, really well. He says, verse 10, the Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you... That, 
than which you showed earlier. I might need new glasses. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do all you ask. All the people of my town know that you're a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I'll do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. No one must know. He also said, bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. This happens to me all the time. When she did show, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town and she went and made some soup. It doesn't say that. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happened, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Wow. Wow. If you're writing notes, write this down. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? for what's the breakthrough that you need what's the thing that's on your mind what's the thing that causes you the most fear the most anxiety what's the thing that causes you to pray when you get up in the morning what is that breakthrough that you need I get a sense that God wants to give us some some people some financial breakthrough today but I'm talking beyond that There might be some family breakthrough that you need. There might be some internal breakthrough that you need. There might be some problem that is in your life that you are like, just can't, I don't know, I just, what is it? I love Naomi's instruction in verse one. She says, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. This is the thing that is on her mind the most. We, the the harvests have stopped We need to get you a place to live. We need to find you a husband, right? She's like, girl, we're going to go and get you a husband. So take a bath, put on some nice perfume, get your best dress on, and I'll tell you how it works. And Ruth's like, I am your servant, everything. You know, tell me what to do, right? Because there's a time to wait and trust, and then there's a time to go and get I feel like God today is going to tell you one of two things. I feel like he's going to tell you to go and get it, or he's going to tell you to wait with me. Let's go and get the breakthrough. Let's, get, let's step out in faith. Let's go and get that thing that's on your heart that I'm leading you towards. Or he's going to say to you, let's wait together because the time is not right just yet. What are you waiting for? Some of us need to get up from our spiritual couch, put down our spiritual sleep mask, make the bed, rise up, enter the world, go and get that thing that's on your heart. Stop sleeping through the, this thing that you want. God's not going to deliver it to you on a silver platter. He's going to work with you to go and get it. 
if you need a spouse or a better job or a baby or, a, or anything in this world, if, if, it's, if there's something that is on your heart that is like, oh, God, He wants it for you too. Unless it's sinful or against His will. That's a whole other story. But it's time to claim what you've been praying for for years. Or it's time to start praying for what you've been hoping for for years. Like engage. You know, I'm thinking of the Incredibles movie when the kids are flying around and she lifts up the table and goes, Robert Parr, I need you to engage. And he's like, what, what? And he walks in. Engage with the process. And if, you ha- if it's your turn to wait, stop waiting so poorly. Quit your two-year-old tantrum. Stop trying to manipulate the situation to get what you want early. There's a process that God has got you on. And if you try and short circuit it, you miss out on all the growth and all the revelation that's gonna get to that point. Stop waiting so poorly. Learn how to wait well with God. I I, I knew a girl who got married too soon out of sheer desperation. Had a couple of kids. It all just exploded. They are no longer together and no longer walking with God. Like, don't try and just get the thing. Ruth could have just gone and got the thing however she wanted. She needed financial security. She could have just gone and got it. More on that in a minute. Learn how to wait well or get off your butt and go and get the thing that you've been praying for. What's God saying? Go or wait. You'll pick it up. You'll pick it up in the next 20 minutes. The next 12 minutes. My gosh. Okay, cool. All right. Here we go. If you're writing notes, write this down. Make it happen the right way. The right way. Right? Naomi says to, 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 uh, to Ruth, this is how it works. This is how the customs of the day works. And once she's done, Boaz is surprised by it. He's like, this loyalty is greater than what you've shown earlier. You could have gone and slept with a guy and made him fall in love with you. You could have gone and just seduced somebody else. You could have done this in a number of different ways, but you have done it according to God, to the customs of the day, and to honor your mother-in-law. Whoa, there's a wrong way to do it. And there's a right way to do it. Choose the right way. Ruth is humble. I love it. I will do everything you say. She's humble. Don't think you know it all. I think that sometimes we think, yeah, I've got this. Yeah, I totally know it all. Absolutely. And then we get ourselves into a mess and we don't change the way we think. Yeah, but I still know it all. But I'm in this big mess now that I created. I know I need to be humble and change and listen to God and listen to the wisdom of others and maybe read a book or listen to a podcast. It might help me on the journey a little bit, right? Man, I've got other things to say about that, but I won't, right? There's a lot of ways to get the thing that you want to get. Some of them are wrong, like flat out sinful, Flat out evil. Don't do those ones. There's another, another like little gray area that you go, no one's probably going to know if I do it this way. 
It lacks trust. It lacks faith. But I could probably get it done. I remember driving in Elmore Vale. I remember it clear as day. I'm driving up uh, uh, McCaffrey Drive in Elmore Vale. I'd almost submitted my tax. And there was this big deduction that I was weighing up whether I would add or not add. And I'm driving, I'm thinking about it. And God's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, now that you've mentioned it to me, I'm not going to include it. But it was this thing that I'm like, no one would know. We didn't have much money at the time. It probably meant an extra $100 that would be in my tax return. But I'm like, no one's going to know. But if I do it, my integrity is compromised. And the problem with compromising your integrity is that there's always going to be another opportunity to compromise your integrity. And then you do it again and again, and now you're on a slippery slope. So I was like, well, I'm not going to include that deduction in my tax return. I'm just going to trust God. Right? There are ways to do it and there are ways not to do it. Abraham and Sarah, perfect example. Perfect example. God's going to need some help. It's been like almost 20, however long. It's been a long time. You know, the promise came in Genesis 12 when Abram was 75 years old. The promise was delivered. We don't have enough stage. I need to keep walking. The promise was delivered. Like right up here when Abram, Abraham by that stage is 100 years old. Promise to fulfillment, 25 years. Whoa. And so Sarah says, um, you might, maybe we should, maybe you should sleep with my servant Hagar. And Abraham doesn't push back a lot. Um, he is like, well, it's a weird name, but all right. Um, <laughs> And, and, and look how that turned out. Oh, like stop being in such a hurry that you will short circuit the processes of God to get your thing early. This is, this is what I do all the time with my back injury. I'll be like, oh no, I'm good. I can do this. I'm just so impatient all the time. And I'm like, I can definitely lift that thing. Or I can definitely, you know, go for this 10th walk today. And I'll just be like, ugh for the next week and a half or six months. It's because, I'm sorry, God, I ordered my breakthrough, like, now. That thing, I know, I know it's been a couple of years, but actually, if we could just make, if we're going to speed up that process a little bit, that'd be super helpful. And God's like, I've got you on a journey for a reason. Stop trying to short-circuit the process. I've got things to teach you. And, oh man, oh, at conference, God, one of the first things that I, that I heard God say this week was, and I feel to share it with you, is you have nothing to fear. This thing that's on your heart that you feel like is going to satisfy your soul, it's going to be the best thing in the entire world that you're, you're prepared to compromise your integrity on and just short-circuit God's process, actually you don't need to because you've got nothing to fear. Train yourself to wait. <laughs> Get in the slow lane sometimes. Teach yourself that you don't need everything now. We live enveloped in a now culture. Everything's on tap. Everything's on hand. Train yourself to wait. 
it's okay if God doesn't deliver the thing at the snap of your fingers. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Number three, if you're writing notes, write this down. Just be patient and see what happens. I love verse 18 of this scripture here. The very last scripture, very last verse says, Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Oh. So Ruth, she's gone to Boaz. She's laid down on his feet. She makes this bold request, and he's going to sort it out. But there's two ways this could go. Either this random guy that she's never met, she doesn't know his character, she hasn't hung out with him for the last few months, she doesn't know who he is or what kind of person he is, he could purchase the property, redeem the family and marry Ruth. Whoa. Or Boaz, this honourable, respectful, generous, kind guy, could purchase the property, redeem the family, marry Ruth. She doesn't know how it's going to pan out. Sometimes we're in this stage of our lives where we don't know how it's going to go. It could take a lot longer than what we want. It's infuriating. God, really need that thing. I need you to come through. And God's like, yep, yep. Wait until you find out what happens. Wait with me together, and we're going to find out what happens. Wait. Oh, that's just such excellent news, because one of my favorite pastimes is to wait. <laughs> yes, do everything you can do. Absolutely. Pray. Believe. Like, go, go all in. Maybe not on one outcome because the outcome might be a little bit different than you first planned. But what if, what if it takes a while? Trust the Father. But what if I don't find my spouse? What if we don't have a baby? What if, we don't, what if I don't get this job? What if I don't get this financial breakthrough? Trust the Father. I love the second part of this verse here. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled. You know, God's at work in your situation, in your life. You know, He's already moving. I love that song, Waymaker, where it talks about um, even when I can't see it, He's moving. He's working. Even when I can't feel it, He's working. I want to finish with one of my favourite Scriptures that is in my like daily declarations. And it's out of Romans. I don't think the guys have got it, but it's out of Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 28. So good. Because we're not just waiting alone. We're not just waiting without any kind of resolution on the horizon. We know some of the promises of God like this one. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who've been called according to His purpose. You don't have anything to fear. He loves you. 
He wants what's best for you. You don't know what's best for you sometimes. I'm pretty sure I do. And then God's like, (laughs) son. (laughs) We know that He's working all things together. All things out for our good. So if it takes a little longer, it's okay. If the process is a bit more drawn out than we wanted, it's okay. Because He's with you. He's for you. He loves you. And it's going to work out for your good. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming messages. We would love for you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.